On a very, well, a somewhat special edition of the Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I try to get some last-minute Week 17 NFL shopping in the can for you guys. Then we do a little bit more on bowls. We talk about motivation as much as we can, and we try to give picks on every game, but actually end up giving picks on very few. So if you're into not having a lot of discernible, actionable information, Please listen to the podcast. With that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to a very special. Rufus is incredibly dedicated NFL version week 17 of the Bear at the Process podcast where Rufus is flipping through papers, I think, or something. That, that's um, correct. Hanging outside of a library in Blue Hill, Maine. And that's also correct. Basically stealing internet from the public library. I am still at my rental house, which has questionable, sketchy internet. Um, anyways, Rufus wanted to do this podcast because he cares about you guys deeply. I kind of don't give a shit about any of our seven listeners, and um, Rufus is a much better human being than I am. Uh, and he really wanted to do NFL Week 17 because he thinks there's some interesting narratives that go into this, and he actually finds there to be value in Week 17, whereas I tend not to bet in Week 17, kind of gave that up a few years ago. So I'm, I'm the host here interested in, in learning from something from our friend Rufus the dog. So what are the top three themes that you think about when betting week 17? Well, I think the first big narrative is the motivational aspect and the fact that certain teams have their playoff position locked up. The Ravens have locked up the number one seed, so they have absolutely nothing to play for. The Vikings. Um, Ditto Vikings with the number six seed, Bills with the number five seed, and Texans right. with the number four seed. None of that changes, I believe. Um, yep. And so those teams don't have any incentive to play their starters, but you never know. I mean, the Texans, um, Bill O'Brien has said that they won't rest their starters. Um, well, but on one second, though. One second. There is a slight distinction between the other three teams and the Ravens because – the Ravens have a buy coming up, so you would think that they would. Many times in the buy situation, they do, they like to play their starters a little bit because they don't want them to have two weeks off and basically come in and be completely not fresh, right? Right, that's true. And they will play, I would guess, most of their starters um, a little bit. I mean, because you have a fifty-three man roster, and it's not like you can just bring in a team of replacements. So you, there are players that you have to have like active Keanu have Reeves? play. Like Keanu, Keanu Reeves will not be playing quarterback for the Ravens. Um, you don't know that for sure. This is true. I don't. Right. So no, but but I do think they will have players that are regular players playing. But they said they'd be resting Marcus Peters, I believe, Earl Thomas, Marshall Yanda, um, Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson. I think that's it. That's as many players in the NFL as I thought you actually knew. 
I mean, are they resting Mark Andrews? That's why you have paper, right? Because you were you had these names written down. Well, they, these are veterans. These are I, I know the veterans. I'm good with that. Uh, how old? Marshall Yond is not that old, is he? He's pretty old, I think. I mean, Earl Watson's like old as dirt. Yeah, and Marcus Peters. Mark Marcus Ingram, Peters have to rest, right? Because Mark Ingram's hurt a little bit, so they well, have to rest. Also, he had that awesome, cute picture in the Ravens jammies with his entire family. His like either two or three kids, I forget, and his wife. It was very you think, cute you think by the fire. How many kids he has? Maybe. Maybe I was like, but apparently players, some of the teams that practiced on Wednesday, I think I was seeing reports. I was actually on the, the action network had a thing with like, I was, I was Googling stuff about players who's, you know, teams resting players and stuff. And I action network thing came up on Google actually. And there was a thing and it was like Wednesday limited in practice. I was like, what teams are making their players practice on Christmas day? Um, Spanky made Spanky had an employee work on Christmas. Well, he 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 said the employee decided to work on Christmas of his own volition. I think so. I love that anyone can find anything wrong with anything on Twitter. So that's true. That was an obligatory spanky mention. Mm-hmm. Made it to what five minutes into the podcast or whatever. We have to get it. Okay, so but so the Ravens. Uh, Ted, Ted Knutson. Sorry. Ted, what about? Oh, oh yeah. Good call. Good call. Uh, Captain just Jack. Um, Mike Tourette's kicking it. No, we never talk about Captain Jack. You're right. You're I don't right. Know what his real name is. So. Uh, anywho, um, back to what you're saying. So the first is around motivation and what have you found around that? Well, I mean, I think it's, as we said, like there's, so first off, why do we care about this? But like, you promised me research, Rufus. The reason I got off my couch to do this podcast with you the day after Christmas at this time of day is you said I did research. I did. And I know I I named five players, didn't I? That's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, that's what you meant by research. You Googled <laughs> and you went to some rosters and you went no, to I, I did actual research too. But um, I was going to say, because the way we evaluate, I think, sort of these narratives is, is there some, is there actually a mechanism which this would have an effect? And obviously I think we all agree that the Ravens resting all those players would have an effect. And for example, when I plug that into my player model, it changes the line nine points. And what, I changed a few. What for real? Yeah, that is crazy. So, what do you make that line? I now make it Ravens minus one on the player model, and before it was Ravens minus ten. However, the Massey Peabody initially had it Ravens minus sixteen, and and that's without the player stuff. So, um, but the interesting but thing is, is so, so a situation where you would think that the Massey Peabody ratings would be play. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's more than just resting you players. Think that's Cade's fault? Is that Cade's fault mostly? Obviously. Obviously. Do you, I mean, yeah. I think it's more than just resting players. It, even if you control for all the players, it's, it's the motivational aspect. Like football is well, an emotional game, and, and wait, 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 it's like wait, wait, a preseason that, game, right? Essentially, you're not even with the – sorry. But, like, you – we need – this is – you're not giving me anything right now that makes me feel confident in betting week 17, right? Like you basically said to me, well, there's motivation, i.e. like certain players aren't playing. You can know that, you can model that. But then there's this intangible of motivation that you're saying is real. Well, it's, it is the fact, it, it's, it's the equivalent of an exhibition game, a preseason game. The fact is a team doesn't 
probably doesn't want to show certain things. They want to get out of there relatively injury free. They want the game pre-season? to basically end. Do you bet exhibition games? Do you bet preseason? I don't bet preseason. I, I did in two thousand eight. I round robined a lot of I round robined a lot of teasers in two thousand eight. That's what I remember about preseason. But you bet week seventeen. Yeah, for and, and occasionally I will bet games like this too. Um and this, according to Massey Peabody, the, the line movement, you can get the Ravens plus two and a half and Massey Peabody would make it minus 16. That's a huge difference, right? Is it worth 18 and a half points? Now, I looked well, at how well... So, wait, here's my research. I, I actually looked through and I tried to code and figure out which teams in the past um, rested their were, were resting players. And so I looked at which teams played a different quarterback, teams that had something locked up, um, and played a different quarterback in week 17 than they did in week 16. And uh, that is, well, number one, and then specifically number one seeds, actually the trend, it's even stronger, but number one seeds resting their quarterback and, um, and were, have been, I guess the way I coded it up were two and 12 against the spread over the last, um, I guess since 2000. So that would say that the market does not adjust enough. Sorry. Well, the market yeah, the under market adjusts, adjusts, even though. Does not adjust enough. Right. So there is but some so, intangible thing there. Or here's, here's, the, here's the problem, right? Like, and this, this actually goes back to our last podcast about the Mac. And one of the things I was trying to get at with the Mac, it's like, even if you do something like you did, which is an analysis on ratings versus the market, the whole point is one markets tend towards efficiency and two, all of those and all that analysis you did was, was looking like it was, it was looking at the past, right? There was nothing that said that going forward, this could be still predictive. That's true. Right? And you're right. Right. Now, the, the trend Mac, the Mac is now three and one from in a point spread standpoint in the, in the, uh, in the bowls. And, you know, I'm not saying that the market's overjust, it's a small sample size, et cetera, but I feel like that analysis that you just gave us is akin to um, like a, a bad tout sending out something because that would say to me like, okay, well, we should bet um, um, the Steelers in this game, but it's clear that there was a huge adjustment in this game because it, you, you're saying that like it probably would be minus 15 16 something like that yeah and now it's my so it's like you'd have to think the market is over adjusting that's what i would think too and so and you're right like looking at against the spread trends doesn't tell me much it tells me that maybe in the past the market has under adjusted or or this is pure noise but it's it's pretty strong it's a pretty strong indication that the market has under adjusted in the past however that doesn't mean it'll continue to but the real question is what is the difference between the the model i the number i model not the model i number um the number i model and what actually happens and i found overall teams resting their quarterback um the entire game um underperformed the massy peabody number these aren't just number one seeds um by an average of of 9.6 points and what's interesting though is that it seems to be a bigger trend well Actually, with, with regard to the market, first off, um, teams starting the, starting the game, teams that appear to have things locked up, starting the game with the backup quarterback or were 11 and 11 against the spread since 2000. But when they didn't start with the backup, but backup, but the backup was the quarterback that received the majority of the snaps, six and 20 against the spread. So 
in certain situations, maybe the market believes that a team is going to play their starters longer than they will. Or maybe you have situations like Bill O'Brien saying he's not going to rest the starters. And then he plays the starters at the beginning and then plays the backups most of the game. So um, overall, though, still, even adjusting for the different quarterback, um, as I said, it showed an effect relating to my Massey Peabody model number of about 9.6 points. So that's obviously not a ridiculously large sample, but it says there is something besides just the quarterback that matters and, and probably besides just the players, as we said. So I think um, I, I still do think that if anything, I'd want to be like, for example, on the Ravens. Cause I, I find it very hard to believe that, that somehow resting these players can be worth 18 and a half points. I mean, like there's no way in the world I'd be on Pittsburgh, but in this game, I am going to lay off of it unless maybe it gets up to Pittsburgh minus three. Okay. Um, so but, motivation injuries, uh, sorry, the deciding who they're going to play and who they're going to rest. Uh, what's our third thing? Is there anything, is there a third thing around this? Who they're going to play, who they can rest. Um, well, and, and the style they're going to play. So if, if, if a team is – what is interesting to me is I have, my theory was that, okay, if it's like a preseason game and these teams are trying to get out of there relatively injury-free and not put too much on film, they're going to play pretty vanilla and maybe games will be less scoring than we expect. Lower scoring than we fewer, expect. Fewer scoring. Fewer scoring. Few, fewer scorings. Fewer scorings. More puntings, fewer scorings. I love that you can't even say it incorrectly. Like it hurts you to do that, so you can't. <laughs> um, but okay. but actually, when I was looking at it, I found overall in these games, you sort of see a little bit. Th- there's a slight trend towards the over, and I don't think that's. I think it's mostly noise, but um, in fact, I think it's probably all noise. But it kind of go- went against the theory I was testing that t- if teams were playing this way and playing more vanilla and trying to. Um, Right. They're just trying to avoid injury and get out right. of there. So they're you, going to play a slower pace. Right. They would, then you wouldn't expect high scoring games. So you've had the high scoring games and you've had these teams. But not there's covering, also which is interesting. Shitty. There's also, is the pace slower? Um, is the pace slower? Is the, is the, is do the, do teams, your theory, right? Is that teams would tend to play slower. So they would have fewer plays. It's, they would tend to, to run the ball more and more like run the ball up right, the middle so and just run the clock. Teams, so they would get few, they would have fewer plays, right? This is yes. something you can test it for beyond just the actual results. We're a podcast called Bet the Process, so you could actually see if their process changes. That's true. I could. I need to. Look, I'll, I will look at the actual plays and report back. You did research for this pod. It was just shitty research, basically. I'm just messing with you. I did no research for it, so you can give me shit about that. Okay. So, so but, but what was interesting is that it seems like, but think about how the market reacted to Pittsburgh Baltimore, right? That's a reaction, and we think of like 18 points. Okay. It's like but then, is a reaction. Sorry? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's of a points. lot. No, wh- now, what about Tennessee Houston, where Tennessee is a three and well, a half let's, point let's, road let's, favorite? Let's, Rufus, let's do this. Let's just go through every game. Okay. Because we might as well. And we can, if there's nothing there, we'll just go through it quickly, but we'll go through every game because we've okay. never done this. It's the end of the season. Yeah. So we got Houston plus three and a half. Um, the Texans, as we mentioned, have everything locked up. The Titans can win, can get in, right? If they win, is that correct? Yeah. The Titans get in with a win, and are they in just just with a win? Is that it? I, I think they're in with just a win. But yeah, they don't even have to worry about the Steelers at this point. Is that right? 
I just know they have something to play for. I, I knew this at one point. So here's the question for you, Jeff. What would the line be if Houston had something to play for? If they both had something to play for? Yes. Uh, Houston minus six. Minus six? I wouldn't have gone that high. I think I had it like I it would have been around four like and a half five. maybe. Yeah, I was going to say four. five. Or, but then I started thinking about it and I'm like, three and a half. In these interconference games, seems to seems to do pretty well. Interconference, intraconference. Sorry, intraconference. Intraconference. Intra division. Yeah. Yeah. So is that predictive? I don't know. No, it's a fucking narrative. I love it. Love it. Love the narratives. Narratives. Okay, Tennessee. Wait, wait. So our current number six seed based on their strength of schedule. Tennessee wins on Sunday against the Texans. They would clinch the number six seed. Okay, so here's the question. Why is that? So that game, the reaction is much less strong than the Ravens-Steelers, where the Ravens made an announcement that all these key guys are out. Um, and in this game, Bill O'Brien said that he won't rest his starters, he'll play to win. It seems like the market doesn't fully believe him, but obviously it, believe, it, it thinks like there's a chance that it, it thinks that he's probably lying, but maybe he isn't, and maybe he'll play the starters for a little bit. Is that about right? I think it's also a testament to like Tennessee versus Pittsburgh, right? Tennessee has uh, has oh, actually no, because no. But we talked about the difference. We're talking about the reaction here. No, no, it's less of a move. Yeah, right. It's a much I mean, less maybe, of a move. Maybe also it's just the difference in the talent of what people think the second like if. The Ravens have all these amazing people, you know, and they're not going to play them. Whereas Houston has a lot of mediocre players that they're not going to play. Wait, I would argue the opposite. I would say that Baltimore's roster is deeper, and Houston's roster is much more of a stars and scrubs stars and scrubs roster. You don't know anything about Baltimore. No, that is true. That is true, though. I think that Houston, like Baltimore as a system, they run the ball like, I mean, obviously having Lamar Jackson as a running threat helps, but you're going to have a very similar quarterback playing in RG3. They can run the same system. RG3 has also played plenty this season in the fourth quarter blowout games versus like Houston is basically is Deshaun Watson, you know, um, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, like, and aside from that, you know, it's mostly – Scrubs. I mean, they, they don't have a great offensive line. Would you, are you going to play anything in this Texan Titans game? Um, not at the current price. I'm not. I, I would make the the player model number makes it Tennessee minus six point three with, uh, assuming Houston plays their backup AJ McCarron. Um, the Massey Peabody using AJ McCarron makes it um, makes it Tennessee minus a half, but that's not adjusting for any other players that would sit. Or the the difference in or the motivational so aspect. You would, have, so, you would have a slightly you would have a slightly into the Titans if this went down to maybe three. You would take the Titans. I don't know because I don't know the motivational stuff and I don't know what it, what Bill O'Brien will do. So I think there's to me, just like you said with Week 17, you hold off a lot of stuff. I'm gonna hold off on this one because I don't feel okay. like I have. Yeah. Okay. Cleveland minus two and a half juiced against the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is one that I don't know why you wouldn't, Jeff. Why would you not play this game? You said you don't do Week 17. Why is, is this? Is there a reason you would lay off this game? Is there something that makes Week 17 for two teams that are out of it different than Week 16? No, I don't think so. But I mean, I think that there is a chance that 
in either of these cases that they that they pull some guys in the second half or I mean you just don't know right it's just like the preseason thing like you're saying there's just a, a different set of, set of motivations and week 17 wait wait I'm going to call you out on this really quickly cuz you said a different set of motivations for whatever reason the the stuff that we run we found it doesn't really work in week 17 but is is that cuz you're looking at week 17 overall as a whole and not eliminating these games because obviously we see that a line moved 18 points with the Ravens. Rufus, Rufus, maybe, but again, like, and sometimes, you know, like if you err in the way of staying away from things that you don't feel comfortable, like modeling, that's not a bad thing. No, I agree. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to the process behind this, Jeff, because that's our podcast. No, I get it. I understand. So I would say that in the Bengals Browns game, um, if you're modeling that purely based on like on field performance, et cetera, then yeah, it's a game that I'd feel comfortable handicapping. So who do you who do you who are you gonna play there? I don't have a play there. I make it um I make Cleveland minus three point seven. Okay, let's move on. Vikings okay. but but wait wait I wanted first off I wanted to call you out on something because you said that as I said like the pre you, you you said um that it was like a preseason game in terms of motivation but the motivational stuff I was talking about before was resting pl- not having players get injured because you're going to be playing the playoffs and both these teams are not playing the playoffs so you know no, but you players also, have an off season to heal you also you also said something about mo- you said the, who knows how motivated these teams are before well, no, it's motivated teams are that have already clinched stuff. Okay. I think. Again, this is, but we, we, we're so happy because we made it through an entire bowl podcast without saying motivation. All we are is talking now about motivation that we can't model. Well, this, I, what I was talking about before, I, I said motivation. Maybe motivation was the wrong word. What I was saying was a team trying to – play more vanilla and and not actually caring about winning because they had nothing because literally it had no effect on their postseason seating and well but in this case like i mean what you're right motivated here these teams could be completely unmotivated and could want better draft that's also true so maybe we need to think about like coaches coaching for their jobs like freddie kitchens if he gets blown out by the bengals probably doesn't have a job next year if he blows out the Bengals, you know whether they like Freddie. Kitchens? Still, probably doesn't. I don't know. But what? Do you know whether they like Freddie Kitchens? Are they actually going to play hard for him, or maybe they hate him and they want him? I don't know. I should text Depot and ask him. But do you understand what this is like? The Fools Aaron podcast. Okay, Vikings minus one against the Bears. This is an interesting one because the Vikings don't have anything to play for, but they haven't said anything yet. But I'm assuming they'll play Mannion, so I put him in uh, which made might change my number from like Vikings minus seven to um, basically a pick and so we, got no, we got nothing here and the bears, but the bears said they might not play starters too. So, cause they're out of it. And I don't know why rest guys that are, you know, congratulations on a job well done this season. We're going to give you week 17 off and early off season. I don't know. I honestly, Jeff, like I don't have much on any of these games. Okay. Uh, Jaguars plus four against the Colts. Um, I have Colts minus 4.2, so I don't have a play there. What do you have? Did you not even run your numbers? We didn't even run them. You didn't even run them. Wow. 
Um, I don't think there's there... Bucks minus one over the Falcons. Um, Tampa minus one point six. Nothing there. Dallas minus ten and a half against the Redskins. Okay, here here here's the other narrative we didn't hit: the narrative of the must-win game. Yeah. Okay. That. So this is this is much more tangible. I would imagine is is Keenum playing or is Haskins playing? I I ran this using Haskins. I I still think Keenum would be a slight upgrade right now. Right. That's what I figured. So, so I make the number Dallas minus eleven point seven. So oh, I'm, I don't have a play there. Damn it. I was so excited to unload on the Redskins in this game. Well, we, we still have another game with that narrative coming up with the must-win right, game. Panthers so. plus 13 against the Saints. That seems like a lot of points. So Saints, Saints don't have anything to play for unless – well, they do have something to play for, but um, provided either Seattle or Detroit wins. Right. Meaning because right now they're stuck in the three seed. They need one of the two teams above them to lose to get right. the first round by. So they're going to – you know, I wouldn't expect them to rest players, although they could rest their team and still win because Will Greer is starting for the Panthers. Um, I make it Saints minus 14.3. What's interesting to me, though, is it's like if they're up 17 in the fo- like fourth quarter on a normal week, they probably would be less likely to rest players, I think. But in this situation, I feel like they would maybe just start running the ball and, and be much more conservative, which is part of my under theory that doesn't bear out in the data yeah yeah they're not, not gonna have any idea whether they need to rest whether they're having no they, they won't but i mean if, if they have the game locked up i think they'll be much more i think they'd be more conservative than normal okay eagles minus four against the giants Here's one so this is this is the other one right the must win narrative the, the right. if the eagles win they're in the playoffs if they lose and the cowboys win and they have to assume the cowboys are going to win because they're playing the the dead skins so the line's minus four and a half. I make it minus three and a half, <laughs> which is not a huge difference, unfortunately. But no, I think this is a game. Do you think you do you see this moving at all based on this narrative? Well, is there any way it closes at minus six? Yeah, for sure. Do you think that, that the Eagles are going to play harder because it's a must-win game? No, I mean, do you think you're saying things that we all that we all understand? Right. I'm just making sure here. Over motivation angle of the must win. Like, like everyone that's any kind of a real handicapper with analytics has talked about this. Yeah. If they, if they were so good and they, they wouldn't be in a must win situation. Uh, okay. But, I mean, Raven plus two. We talked about this ad nauseum. How about the Bills and the Jets? This is, this is a game that I actually like the Jets in personally. This is a game the Bills don't have much to play for. Anything, obviously. Right. Um, and their their backup quarterback is Matt Barkley, which, given how I don't think that highly of Josh Allen, I don't have it as much of a downgrade. And when I right. put it in, I have a number. I get a number of Bills minus five point seven still. And so, and Matt Barkley, I think, is pretty competent for a backup. Now, I like the Bills here, then. If yeah, if forced to choose, I would take the Bills. I still tend to. Like, I have not played the Bills. Okay. Have you played uh, anything yet? Yeah. Okay. I've, uh, I've played two games and we haven't gotten there yet. All right. Patriots minus sixteen against the Dolphins. So the Dolphins. Patriots are playing for the number two seed here. If they win, they get the number two seed, so they have something to play for. Um, I make it Patriots minus eighteen and a half. 
I have not played anything there, though. Because this is one where I still think if they're up 17 in the fourth quarter, I think you, you see Tom Brady out and, and you see a bunch of you, – you, you see a much more conservative second-half game plan. I've seen this in studying for props in past years because – well, every year because the Patriots are in the Super Bowl every year. There's always Week 16 and Week 17 where they get so run-happy, especially in the second half because they're games where they mostly have things locked up and they just want to keep guys healthy and, and – work on establishing a physical running game so, so you i like think the under here yeah that that would that's a theory i was talking about before as but um i haven't betted i don't even what's the total 44 and a half 44 and a half um my numbers don't like the under but but my narrative would say that so, i mean i'm not i'm not betting the under i'll put it that way okay there, uh, lions plus 13 against the packers yeah, this is one. That I have a huge edge here on the Lions. Um, the Packers suck. For a team that's as good as that has as yeah. good a record as they are, I think they suck. Yeah, but, they they played. I mean, they held Minnesota like seven first downs last week. But I think being good. a thirteen, uh, practically a thirteen point, and well, and I got I got this number at thirteen, but a thirteen point road favorite over Detroit and Detroit. You know, Detroit is not in the Cincinnati class of bad or the Redskins or the, I mean, maybe they're getting close these days, Dolphins class of bad. Like, they're not a good team, obviously. They're very not a good team. But, I mean, I have the Packers is barely above average. And the player models love the Packers. It it showed huge edges on the Packers a lot of the time because, yeah, that guy. Um, the guy that was addicted to painkillers, right? The guy that yeah. was in something about Mary. Um, yeah. Okay. But wait, wait. So, so I have it like around a touchdown. The player model has it like minus 12, but the player model has been way high on the Packers for a while. And so the fact that they're not like, is there some sort of, you know, have the Lions given up? Is there something I'm not seeing here? Is this a must-win narrative? I mean, is this game it's definitely a must? It's must-win narrative. It's if they Packers, want the buy, it's not a must-win. Packers have been overrated all season. Um, yeah, I like the I like the Lions there. At are least, you going to join me on it? Yeah, I, I am. I'll follow you on that. We agree because I'll have something to 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 watch in Week Seventeen. Okay, Chiefs minus nine against the Chargers. Um. Chiefs minus nine and a half. So nothing. Nothing. And that's Chiefs have motivation, Chargers, well, out of it. So Seahawks plus three juiced on the. Wait, other wait, we're skipping. So, we got Arizona and the Rams. I don't have a. Chris doesn't have a lineup for that right now. Well, the Rams said they might rest starters and right. they're out of it. And so, like, I saw at places like it looked like it was between seven and seven and a half. You're right. A lot of places didn't have it up. Maybe I was looking at stale lines. I make it 10 and a half. So I think, you know, it's interesting if the Rams are, I don't know why they're like, I guess the Rams do have a lot of vets with injuries and they don't want to push things. Did you model Hunley or Kyler Murray? Uh, Kyler. Got it. How, well, what was his injury? Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't, I was like, I sadly had Cleveland in the second half of that game last week, so that that didn't feel great. Wait, was really that was that, that was an early game, right? 
Yeah. Ah, so I can't even tell. Like my server. Oh, that was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. Was was that two weeks ago? No, it was last week, Hunley. We, oh no, we, no, it wasn't against Cleveland. No, Arizona yeah, no, was. That was against. That was against Seattle. They played yes. Seattle last week. Yeah. I and I know, and I needed Tyler Lockett to do something because I was in the fantasy championships, and he didn't. You know what, Rufus? Nobody cares, you know who cares about, fantasy about your team. fantasy team. Nobody. Matt, Matthew Barry. No, he oh. doesn't even care about it. He'll he'll feign like he cares about it. Um. Okay. So. So interesting on that. The takeaway is that if the Rams don't rest anyone. You would probably like them at minus seven. Yeah, but I but but. The, the fact that they're even talking about it probably enough for me to stay away, given that the edge is not that huge. Okay. And then okay. we got the Seahawks roughly plus three and a half. It looks like. Yeah. I hate this, but I, I'm all over the Seahawks all over them. Love them. Yeah. I, I don't like doing it, but I am. Do you feel dirty about it? A little bit. Cause maybe I just see too much Seahawks Twitter where, you know, they talk about how awful Brian Schottenheimer is and the play calling and running on first down so much and running the ball too much in general and not well, letting Russell Marshall Wilson win. That's got, you got to like that. I love the videos. Um, okay. and then Run finally, through people's face. So, finally. wait, I make the game a pick. Okay. So, you like the Seahawks. Do you, I mean, I do you, like, the, do you like the Seahawks there? I, I, I agree with you. Like, so far, I, I, I would look at that line without running any numbers and think, like, there's value on the Seahawks there. And the reason is probably the cluster injuries at running back, right? Which probably people believe in and think about as, as, as important. I don't think that they do anymore. And just the fact that the Seattle was like largely terrible last week. In a game where they did, which didn't really matter much then. Right. But I mean, I guess it did because well now, eh, well, no, wait, if they win, Wait, if they win, what are they in? They're getting a first round bye, right? No, because no. they have four losses, so they're they're, they're locked into the number three seed. Yeah, so it does hurt them. They're already it's a so big maybe difference for them to win. They're already team. in the playoffs, so it's the three versus the five seed, basically. It's a it's a pretty big difference to get a, to get them to get a home field game against the number six seed. It's a pretty yeah, big but if you're the five seed, you get to play the Cowboys or the Eagles. That's true. If I not looked, I mean, would you rather be on the road? Would you rather be at Philly or um, Dallas? Sorry. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Or home against the Vikings. The Vikings. I mean, I. It's hard to say. If you're Seattle, I think you'd rather be home against the Vikings. Really? Okay. I think so. Get a cross country trip and all that. Well, you you, th- you think you're pretty good at home. I mean, you are Seattle, and you do have a 12th man on the field, or not on the field, but in the crowd. <laughs> um, if you had a 12th man in the field, that would be great. Okay, and then finally we have the Broncos minus three and a half-ish, minus three juiced against the Raiders. I love that the Raiders still have a chance to get in this thing. Yeah, that's weird. Um, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, I have Denver minus four, so nothing there. By the way, did you see there is this Twitter thing over Ian Rappaport Port, poor, I don't know. Um, tweeting that the Titans had nothing to play for last week, and some people, was that untrue? yeah, Seth Byrne called him out and basically said, No, like this scenario, there was a scenario where now there's a scenario where if these 
Oakland gets in, whereas if the Titans had won last week, Oakland wouldn't have had a chance. Got it. So it's like a 4% difference, but like, Right, you clearly a up, chance. You open up, you open up another opportunity, right? Right, so, right. You, you you lower your odds of making the playoffs if you lose. Last I mean, week. I didn't do the work for it like Seth did because Seth is much more hardworking than I am. But it seemed hard for me to believe that that was the case when everyone was talking about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's the NFL. Is there anything else you want to say about the NFL? Not really. Do we want to? Do we? Ravens futures right now. How do we feel about the Ravens futures? I feel good. I actually I feel good about Tennessee futures from earlier. Ravens, I feel bad about I feel Ravens bad about five now to win the Super Bowl. They're plus two oh five. Yeah, it's nice. It's low. It's very low. I did not run futures this week because I because of all the weird. You know, it would have showed wacky stuff if I had just done the Massey Peabody. And honestly, it probably was a little bit off because I don't, when I run the future Sims, I don't account for teams resting starters in week 17 and stuff. So it would have totally affected playoff probabilities for a team like the Steelers who are, have a much easier game than they would have uh, would otherwise have uh, this week against RG three and an unmotivated Raven squad. Did you, Jeff, did you watch any of the bowl games? Tonight, the Eastern, the the Eastern Michigan beat. Well, I guess they lost barely, right? To Pitt. I sadly, I sadly, I sadly watched both of those games it, more than I've watched probably any college football games in a while because I was at home watching my kids and dealing with sort of. I mean, no one cares about my kids, but the reality is, I watched a lot of those games, and they both were very painful to watch. Yeah. I ended up in gaming a lot of Pittsburgh money line. So that ended up being okay. But I had myself so levered that it was like one of the worst sweats for a stupid game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I got myself into just this really, really bad position where I was either going to come out like slightly down or catastrophically down. So were you betting based on any sort of analytics or was it just for fun? It was more just for fun. I mean, it was more, and I was watching the game. I mean, in the first half, like, you know, the the way that Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan had scored were there were two pretty big deflection plays, and it just didn't seem like what Eastern Michigan was doing was sustainable. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think if the pregame line was as, you know, if we believed that there was still value, I certainly liked getting some of the value that he did on the money line. Um, but no, I, I, there was not real math behind any of it. But you knew you liked you. You knew you had an edge towards Pitt, according to you, and according pre-game, to me, pre-game. pre-game. So and, you assumed that would. I, and also, from what I saw, there wasn't anything that made me like change my mind. It didn't feel like Pittsburgh was not motivated. It felt like there were some fluky things happening. And I mean, I think Pittsburgh might might have actually covered that game if they hadn't got they, their play calling in like the. One, their co- their coaches and it's Narduzzi, like there were just <laughs> some dumb at the end of the first half. So when teams have a chance to give themselves a real set, a real clock at the end of the first half to run a real drive, and they don't take that time out on defense to preserve that time, it drives me crazy. And he didn't do that, right? He had a chance to actually preserve more clock than he did in the first half. 
Um, so that that kind of drove me crazy. And then I, in the second half, they their offense just sort of stalled out for a time um, at the beginning of the second. Well, for most of the second half, and I feel like it was play calling, but I don't know. Who knows? And yeah, I, I feel kind of dumb. I mean, well, it's one game, but. I feel like we we talked about I feel dumb because I got all these great talking points when you know earlier this week with with Preston and you know we both kind of liked Pitt and then Pitt goes and like lays an egg basically but not as big an egg as Miami laid who I we I think you said something like all the people that are doing this based on models are all over Miami all the narrative people love Louisiana Tech and then Miami comes so- and gets and get shut out (laughs) so here was the problem in that statement so i think i did make that statement but the problem in that statement is i did not mean the narrative people i actually meant the people that are are betting based on sort of like news like intangibles like motivation and i don't mean to poo-poo those people because there are certainly people that do that that do quite well Right. But I would almost always lean more towards the analytics people because obviously that's what I am. But what I, what I find interesting about that game is that's completely like the, the sort of modeling people versus the people that are, are sort of modeling or that are looking at things that aren't in numbers. Um, and, often, and, and many times those people can win because there is stuff that the models will not, will not talk about or will not know. And if there's, especially in that game where the, the line moved, that line never really came up, right? It, it was down at like that. It, it had opened at over 10. A bunch of people got it. A bunch of the Miami players got announced out. It went all the way down, I think, six. I think it closed at six and a half. But it generally stayed down there. So you knew that there was definitely a lot of pressure keeping it, keeping it down there. Was it okay? Because it, it, I'm trying to think. I mean, it opened at ten. I guess it opened it. It Chris at seven and a half. Um, I must have opened. I guess in Vegas at ten. I saw. I saw ten and a half in, in somewhere like some opener, and, and maybe it didn't open that high. But even even if it's went from seven and a half to six and a half to six, that's a pretty significant move. Well, it right. was right. I mean, and so it shows how much of it is timing, though. Too. I mean, like I got, um, we got in it. Um, we had, let's see, 10,000 at minus five and a half. We had a little at minus six, minus 105 also. So that's kind of at the low point. Um, given that where I had it at a little over 10, you know, I wanted, yeah, we waited and, and timed it right. Didn't win, but that's always, you know, given where it closed, minus six and a half juiced to minus seven, between there and minus seven, I mean, Good closing line value, but didn't win. How low, Same with the how pick. Low would, how low would tomorrow's A and M game have to get for you to bet on A and M? Because there, it's down to minus five and a half, right? It, it pushed through that six threshold, which is big. So theoretically, it could push down lower tomorrow. Given that I have it at minus eight point three, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say, well, the thing, okay, game, on a game day, it's going to have to be lower. I mean, give, if, if this was like how low. For to to bet it at a consensus market number, sure. Like minus four. That was what I was gonna guess. But if you saw Rogue minus four and a half right now, you'd bet it. If the market is five and a half, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, um, she would. Hold on, I'll tell you. I have my handy dandy automation machine here. Um, yeah, I would. You're right. Um, Even though five is mostly done. Last thing before we all go to bed. Um, college football futures. Any value on Clemson plus two ten? Ooh, I haven't actually. I haven't run Sims for this because there's no real need, given there's like only a few possible com- possible combinations of things that'll happen. But um, what's our implied money line of Oklahoma against LSU? I mean, I have the win probability is like seventy five percent, but obviously the, the but that's because I'm higher on on Oklahoma than the rest of the market. Let's see, Pinnacle, for example. Minus four fifty eight plus four thirty nine, so it's called it like twenty percent. Okay, so close. So eighty percent, and then that implies if they have a fifty percent chance of winning against Clemson, right? Then we're we're just at what forty percent. That that implies a lot of value on LSU. I don't know. I was saying Clemson, by the way. Oh, you gave me odds on Clemson plus two ten. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, like, how did I not see this? Um, I mean, Clemson's a coin flip, and then let's say they're another coin flip. That's what I'd say. So no value. Right. I think it's two coin flips. I think LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State are all within a, within a point to two points of each other. So. And the reason LSU is ho- like higher, the reason LSU's odds should be so much higher is just because they get to play Oklahoma. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. That, okay. Was, that was interesting. Okay, um, so we'll be back. We'll be back again early next week. We we recapped have, earlier this college, week. Yes. Give your college football numbers. We might as well do the first couple of games on Monday because we'll probably we probably won't get this up in time for the other one for for. Uh, so we have the first responder bowl, which is Western Michigan and Western Kentucky, and Western Kentucky is minus three. Let's say you Rufus. Okay, so this is a game that's very boring and I don't think anybody cares about. But Western Michigan, um, seven and five, it's, Western Kentucky, it's the Ma- eight and four. It's the Mac roof. Everyone cares. So about that's Mac. true because the Mac is now the trending conference in bowl season. Yeah. Um, this is a game where um, so these teams are pretty similar in my numbers. Um, Western Kentucky, sixty seventh. Western Michigan, seventy seventh. Western Kentucky, if you throw out the prior, they're actually better. They're 53rd, whereas Western Michigan 73rd. So they've benefited that way. Both teams in the hundreds in terms of strength of schedule. Game grades, Western Kentucky has averaged a, um, a plus 0.6, Western Michigan a negative 4. So um, it's – honestly, I have the number right around, right around where it is. If, any, if I was forced to choose here, I mean, I, may, I make it minus 2. So I was forced to choose. I take three and a half, but um, I'm I'm not playing that. So, how about Illinois and California? California is minus six. I have Illinois in red for some reason, but um, but I make the line minus five point eight. This is interesting. I mean, Illinois is interesting. They've they're, they're, I have them as number seventy five and Cal number fifty three. Illinois, easier schedule. They're 67, Cal's 23, which seems not what you would think given that Illinois is a Big Ten team and Cal's a Pac-12 team. But Illinois, 
it was in the Pac-10 or Big Ten West, and they avoided both Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, Cal has a really good D. Um, awful offense, though. I I think that um, I don't have value here, and Preston isn't here to tell us awesome fun facts. But Illinois, it's interesting that they, they did they they had some marquee wins, but they kind of like they've been described by many as sort of a smoke and mirrors team. So he said that he's waiting for this thing to get to seven. Yes, and he, he likes them, Illinois right? He would take Illinois at seven. And okay. I know that he generally likes the over on Cal in this game, on, in this game because he thinks the number is too low. The so the number is – what is the number at right now, 43? 44, 44. 44. Yeah, I make it 47, so I would lean with him there. Um, Florida minus 14.5 against Virginia. So uh, Florida – 10 and 2, they're the number eight team in Massey Peabody. UVA is 35. If you use just this season, UVA is 50 and Florida is 9. Um, Florida, much more difficult strength to schedule. They're 10th. Uh, UVA is 54th. And Florida's margin of victory is way better. Um, and their game grade, plus 17.2. UVA, plus 5.2. So Florida's interesting, though. They actually played, they have that tough, that, sorry, tough strength of schedule even given they played two FCS teams. But they, being in the SEC, they, they ended up with you know, quite a difficult schedule. Um, the Southeast Conference. The Southeastern Conference. They yeah. were, interesting fun fact, they were probably one of the most consistent teams this year. They had a standard deviation in their game grade of only 6.6. Um, their lowest game grade of the year actually was against LSU, where they still graded out as a positive 8.6. And they had five games where they didn't give up a touchdown. And yes, two were against FCS teams, but that's a lot. But you don't like anything in that game. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't get to that. I make the number minus 14 and a half exactly. Okay. And then finally, Louisville and Mississippi State. Mississippi State minus four against Louisville. Ooh, I got a lot of notes for this one. So this is, this is an interesting one. Um, Mississippi State. I have is the number 24 team and Louisville is the number 62 team. But if you use only this season, so you throw out all priors, Mississippi state's 42 Louisville 64. So basically Mississippi state has way underperformed their priors. Um, Mississippi state also third toughest schedule this season, Louisville 25. Um, and in terms of game grades, Mississippi state is a plus 3.5 Louisville's plus 1.9. This stuff all suggests that the line should be Mississippi state like minus somewhere uh, less than a field goal if you only went by the current season. But, um, well, those game grades do. Although, given the waiting later on in the season, I make the number four using just this season. So, the priors are moving the needle a lot. Mississippi State ended last year at number seven so they were a plus 20.6 points better than an average team on neutral field they began this year as massey peabody's number 14 team at a plus 15 they've fallen all the way down to the 24th rated team i think it's hard for a team like that with so much talent to to fall that to to fall as far as this sort of line shit like says um Mississippi State was the number 24 program this season, or 23, sorry, in terms of team talent based on the recruiting stuff. They didn't have a lot of starters returning, but, you know, it, it, it could be a situation where 
they need a little more time to gel together because they do still have a recruiting class this year and last year. Like their recruiting has been very consistent from year to year. And so this is kind of, this is one I kind of feel strongly about it, it later on in the season. I'll take the team that with the higher potential that is sort of underperformed over the team that's played above their potential, like all day Louisville number 45 in terms of recruiting talent. Um, this is like a weighted average of the previous years. So it's like the talent on the roster. And so I actually, I actually make the number 10, a little over 10, 10.3. So, which is, this is one of the bigger differences or biggest, I should say between, between sort of the, the no prior number and the number that uses the prior. Does it matter to you that Garrett Schrader is not playing? Um, I do have I, I um, you know, also some guy named Dantzler, a DB, right? So that does matter. But I mean, I think this is a big enough difference that yes, I, I got in at um, I got in at minus three mostly, and a little bit at minus three and a half. So it's up to four and a half now. I'm not adding to it at four and a half, but I still, you know, given where my numbers are, like it. I mean, how much how much would you say those players would swing it? I have no idea how good he is as a quarterback versus the backup. Oh, he's the quarterback? Yeah, Garrett Schrader's the quarterback. <laughs> well, that makes probably more of a difference. Mississippi State quarterback Garrett Schrader out for Music City Bowl reportedly due to injury sustained and altercation with teammate. Well, he's obviously not been playing that well this season because they've underachieved. I think they've, they've gone back and forth from quarterbacks. Um, they plan to start true freshman Garrett Schrader. He's the freshman, so he was probably the the the. the Wait, he's who they're starting. I thought you said they were going to be. He was going to start this game, but now he's not going to. So. The that Thompson guy, so with with Schrader out, Keaton Thompson, who I think started last year, will back up Stevens for Monday afternoon's game. Morehead said. Okay. By the way, Schrader. Suffered a facial injury, a lacerated face or something. I thought it was fascial. Facial. Fa- okay. Do we have? So, do we have? Um, is that all the games for that day? I, yeah, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of my prep I've done for college football, and I have lots of talking points for all these games. So when we get on, Preston and I will have a lot, and you will have a lot to talk about. I'll on have to talk about. I just guide you guys through the conversation. It's, 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 I'm good like that. You're the captain right. of the ship. You keep us going forward and thanks away from for, the icebergs thanks most for, of the time. Thanks for, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll stay tuned on Monday. We'll release a new podcast.